All right, welcome back to our latest episode of Three Dudes One Hoop. As always, I'm Mike. I'm joined by my boys Benny and Easy. It's been a minute since we've put on an episode, but there's a lot to talk about. Um, primarily, we wanted to hit up first and foremost the hottest teams going in the NBA right now. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Nets, Warriors, and Suns at the top. Uh, we're going to then transition to talk about teams uh, that, you know, if you're a fan of those teams, should you be concerned? So it's it's teams that had high expectations going into the year and have underperformed. So we talk about the Lakers, of course, the Nuggets, uh, the Bucks. Uh, you know, lower understandings than a lot of people probably predicted coming into the, the year. Um, so we'll kind of give our opinions of what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, to kick it off, I think we're going to, First, talk about the Suns, uh, hottest, one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, um, on a 13-game winning streak, right, Benny? Yep, 13-game yeah, so winning streak. They sit second in the East, they're 14 and – or sorry, second in the West, they're 14 and three, one game behind the Warriors, who we'll get to in a second. So what are we seeing from the Suns? What do we like? Um, I know. I think earlier in the day we were talking about kind of their schedule might be a little easier – than, than uh, you would think, but yeah. you know, 13 games is 13 games, right, Benny? So, uh, how, how do you feel about the Suns this year? And you know, are they are they legit? Are they are they back to full power like they were last year? Yeah, like the the teams that they beat in uh, so far down the stretch, uh, they haven't been the best. I was running through it uh, quickly before we started this. I think Dallas has the best record that they played at nine and seven. They beat them twice during this stretch. Um, but even even still, like you kind of you want to say that a lot of the teams here aren't the strongest. You know, you, you can't say with any certainty that you can give 13 games to any team in a row and they'll win all of them. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of credit has to go to them for that. I think they're looking good. They're looking really good. I think that they're they're definitely contenders to make the finals, I think, especially with teams like the Lakers slumping. The Clippers haven't been convinced yet. You know, the Warriors are there, obviously, but Phoenix is right behind them. So I think they're definitely a serious team. The one thing I will say, and we saw this during the finals, I, I like I like Monty Williams a lot, but he has this thing where and now and I've been seeing like uh, Suns B writers mention this mention this as well, but we saw this in the finals as well how sometimes the we score mentality of the offense kind of does a detriment to the flow of the hot hand on that team. Like we'll see Mikhail Bridges. We'll see Mikhail Bridges a couple of games ago when I was watching them play. We'll see Mikhail Bridges shoot really well in the first half, and in the second half they completely deviate from him because you know they have the whole we score mentality thing. And then you know he stays cold for for the rest of the game, or he doesn't touch the ball. Same thing with DeAndre Aiden. Actually, yesterday in the Spurs game, he had a really good first half. Either the Spurs game or the Nuggets. I don't remember. He had a really good first half, and then they completely go away from him in the second half as this kind of whole we score offense thing. Um, that's probably my only complaint about them. My, the reason why I think it's a complaint is because when we get to the playoffs, I do think it'll be a little bit to their detriment as we saw in the finals. Cause we get fucking guys like Abdel Nader or whatever his name is getting minutes in the NBA finals because of that. But other than that, the team's obviously really strong. The team's really good. And if I'm a Suns fan, I'm excited kicking right where they left off. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think what's one thing I, I like about, uh, this team so far is the depth. So they have like 10 yeah. guys, you know, from campaign up to Devin Parker that I'd be comfortable playing on the floor. Uh, Jay Crowder has been okay. You know, I think he's kind of, he's, you know, he's a streaky shooter. There's nothing new there. Um, you know, really his, he's going to be measured by what he does in playoffs. Uh, 
JaVale McGee and Kaminsky had some good moments while DeAndre Hayden was out the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and that's where that we score mentality. So I, yeah. I don't want to say it's like it's a total detriment, but like that's kind of where it's a positive because you'll have guys like Kaminsky and um, the point guard uh, Payne. They'll yeah, go over there after having kind of whatever careers. They'll go over there and they'll look really good on a on a finals team. But yeah, go ahead. No, I agree with you. I understand. I think that that mentality helps them helps their role players feel valued, especially during the season in the playoffs. Yeah. Things obviously tighten up, um, so you may need you know Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, those guys to really step up and score. But you know, at least during the season, helps them establish their role. They're obviously off to a hot start. Um, so I mean. You know, especially with their bigs, I didn't anticipate McGee being as successful yeah. as he's been. But every stop he goes to, he seems to be, you know, he seems to do really well. And I think you know they they have a good chance of reaching the NBA Finals. Like you said, a lot of teams that we thought were going to be up there in the standings are not. And you know, you think about Denver, who we're going to talk about later, and the Lakers. Um, you know, the path the path is there for sure. Um, yeah. You know, the question is, I guess, are they good enough to beat the Warriors? Um, so that's going to be the, the Warriors the, are definitely the, the class there. of the West right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but uh, what about you, Z? How do you feel about the Suns and I guess just their chances to get out of the West, especially when you talk about a team like the Warriors? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've officially hit the era of continuity winning championships. Mm-hmm. We're no longer in the you can acquire a guy and you're going to win era anymore, if that makes any sense, right? Because, like, you can't. It's just not the league that we're in anymore. It's not the Miami Heat anymore. It's not like adding KD to a team that already made the finals before. It's not, you know, like we've officially hit the era where there's just not enough guys together on teams to create powerhouses where like it's a noticeable difference between them and everyone else, which means you have to have a team that actually has played with each other for years if you have any chance of making the finals. We've seen it the last three, four years. So, I mean, it with regards to the Suns, do do they have a chance to win the championship? I have to say yes. Or like not a chance to win the championship, but to make the finals again, absolutely. I mean, because the West is awful. <laughs> like it's I, I don't like everybody is awful this year. Like just yeah. think about it. Like nobody is a clear cut team better than everyone else in terms of the playoffs. Like they could be good now, but then in playoffs, when the rotation shortens, we might get a different version of that team. So in the West, I have to say the Suns are a finals contender because who am I looking at? I'm looking at the Warriors, which they're off to a great start, but at some point they're going to hit a wall. They have to. Every team does. Um, Utah, which, again, it's the same story with them every year. Dallas, which, again, isn't going to make a jump because their roster is essentially the same. The Clippers are without Kawhi, so that team's not going to be much better than they overachieved last year, in my opinion um portland is portland i will never say portland's gonna do anything um memphis <laughs> yeah, we, is we do and, not have faith in portland here. i really don't memphis again <laughs> i love their guys but like yeah, i know that they're story, not gonna but, have enough yeah. mm-hmm. um they are getting better every year so good on them and then Sorry. we'll talk about the other teams on the bottom later but i have to say that they can make the finals because who, who can i pick from in that west that i think is actually good like yeah, i have to question. Um, and they have the continuity for it, and they made the finals last year. So if they made the finals last year, when I think it was harder to make the finals, why wouldn't I think they can make the finals this year when, to me, it's easier? Um, going back to the schedule, I will say the schedule is egregiously easy. Um, like, egregiously easy. Their best wins were the Mavs, and they were both at home. Both of them. Yeah. Their no, best they, win. They need a... 
you know, it's definitely they're, like an early season yeah. wave right now. That they're I know they Honestly, do have the Warriors coming up a couple times in the next few weeks. And yeah, so they have, fun games to watch. they have New York, which could always be a tough game because you're at New York. You're at Brooklyn. Um, you're going against Golden State. So that three-game stretch could be good for them just to see where they're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, they play teams. Like, like, their best win to me was the away game at Memphis that they dominated yeah. them. That's their best win. Because they went to a hostile environment and actually dominated. All the other games were at home, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, when they were struggling, not even on the win streak that they're on now. You have the Dallas ones. You have Minnesota, Houston, Portland, Sacramento, San Antonio, Denver, which was recent, so that means no Jokic. So, like, again, I would hope this team would be able to – I'm not saying 13 wins in a row is, like, easy by any stretch of the imagination – but with the teams that I just named, if I had to assemble a 13-game win streak and who would I want to play for that 13-game win streak, I am probably picking most of those teams. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's definitely a fair point. I mean, like you said, their schedule, uh, you know, they play the Warriors twice, you said, Benny, so that's going to be it's gonna be pretty yeah. interesting, uh, you know, to go there. But I think we can talk about, uh, you know, your point on continuity. Uh, definitely, if there's any team that this applies to, it would be the Warriors. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've had the a few switches here in role players, but at the end of the day, it's still Steph, it's still Kerr, um, still Draymond, <laughs> same pick and roll action that still nobody can figure out. Still Godala, right? He came back. Still Looney. <laughs> so my boy Kevon Looney. I'm glad uh, he's your the, boy, not my boy. Sean, so. Sean Livingston's not on that team anymore, right? He's he's, <laughs> he's gone. He, honestly, uh, he would probably do more at center than Kevon Looney, but you can keep going. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, they're 15 and two. Uh, I'll tell you guys earlier that they're actually on track uh, to best their record of uh, regular season wins. In a Tell us what else you said. So, well, that's what I, that's what I said. I said, hey, you know, they're they can be seventy four and eight. They can be seventy four and eight, and yeah. you know, it's it's maybe it's a little too early, admittedly, that <laughs> that uh, <laughs> to be saying all that. But you know, I want to call my shot early here on this podcast. I want my <laughs> listeners to be in the know before anybody else. Um, so. So if uh, there's any uh, you know sites that you can bet some uh, some units on, some Bitcoin on, uh, some other cryptocurrency on, I-, I would I would definitely look at those odds. But uh, that being said, <laughs> in all seriousness, they're 15 and two. Uh, they have uh, uh, Clay Thompson looming. They have uh, Wiseman hopefully playing better and getting back looming. Um, how do we feel about them being, I guess, the, the new favorites all of a sudden now? Uh, you know, about almost a quarter of the way in uh, for the NBA championship. I'll throw it to you, Easy. Uh, how do you feel about that? I'm still not sold. I don't care what their record is. I can't so you're, say you're I'm a sold disbeliever. Yet. I'm not a disbeliever because I was the first one to even believe in this team <laughs> since they had Baron Davis and the we believe. So, like, <laughs> I'm just going to be really realistic. How okay. do we know how they're going to mesh once Wiseman and Clay come back? I'm not saying that Clay's going to be a hard person to fit into an offense. But this man, we, I cannot believe people just assume this man had an ACL injury and an Achilles injury. In two years, he probably wouldn't even start a game this year. No, he, okay, not. Yeah, Benny, I'm going to need you to sit down for this. I don't think you're ready for don't, this. Don't you think after two years, they'd rather have him come off the bench for at least? No, literally, Iguodala has already mentioned in press conferences where he's saying Poole already knows he's going to be benched and Clay will be a starter. That has already been mentioned. Clay is going to be a starter. In no universe am I paying a man $33 million a year to sit on the bench. 
I don't care yeah. what the role is. If you're running for a championship, you need to play that man. There'll That's probably tough. be a minutes restriction. At least oh, start. absolutely. You know, to they'll start, probably be yes. like a 25, 30 max. And then but he will be a there. starter. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Like that just, I guess I mean more like as far as like the minutes that he's getting, is he getting starters minutes or is he getting, He's yeah. restricted minutes, like I think he's there. Else. If he's there closing for you, then that's crazy. Yeah, that's he can fine. start, he play be, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be restricted minutes. Game. But I'm telling you, by the time it's like early March, he'll be running starter minutes. He has we'll to. See, yeah. If you want him playing in the playoffs, you have yeah, to. Yeah, by, by March, they by can March, also, they should, can also yeah. be coasting. They can also just be coasting straight into the playoffs. You know what I mean? You so, don't need, you don't want Clay not having minutes yeah. of an actual playoff game you get what i'm saying like if you're short oh, no, for sure 100%. To eight guys yeah, yeah, yeah. you need clay to be able to play those games yeah and you need him to get the run now get the rust of two years off the court yeah i mean he's, he's definitely getting back earlier because there was news that he he was already practicing full contact as of Sunday. Uh, you know if he gets back uh you know I, it probably looks like he won't be back this week but he can no, get no, back no. like you know no, they're saying um week before christmas Oh, the same week before Christmas. Okay. Week before Christmas, they're okay, saying okay. I think a Phoenix Suns matchup that they have. Ooh, um, that'd be pretty good. Around that. Time. Yeah, I see. They play. I think in. See, I'm looking at the schedule right now. December. Yeah, the, uh, Christmas Day they play uh, the Phoenix Suns at five on ABC. Right. So. Well, they were saying a week nationally from televised that matchup, game. I think. Uh, the next. I mean, unless it be December, December third, but that'd be pretty. That's the. That's the. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying the Phoenix yeah. matchup. I'm saying a week. A week before, the before that. Okay, Christmas. Yeah. yeah, they have some away games. I guess you'd probably want them to start at home first. So maybe Sacramento on the twentieth could be maybe could be you what they're targeting. Want to play against Sacramento and not yeah, <laughs> Sacramento. They play Sacramento, Memphis back to back. So uh, that could yeah. be something that. But they're looking at yeah. Yeah. going back to like Warriors and like their title hopes. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to be encouraged. It's the same thing as the Suns. Who can I believe in in the West? Yeah. I'm definitely not going to believe in the bottom half right now. I'm not going to believe in Portland because I don't think they've ever beat the Warriors in a series ever. <laughs> I don't know if Portland's ever beaten the Warriors. The Clippers, I'm not believing in a team without Kawhi. I love Paul George, but he cannot carry the shell of Eric Bledsoe and Ibaka across the entire playoffs. Like, there's just no way. Luka gets better every year, but his team doesn't. So it's Utah, Phoenix, and Golden State. Like, Unless I'm proven wrong by like a team that just hasn't shown it yet, how am I gonna believe that the Warriors can't make the finals? Yeah, no, and you know they're set up to really run away with the West, like you were saying, just because you know outside of the Suns and I guess the Jazz, they've already created a good amount of separation. And just quickly to go over, uh, you know, a few of the games on their schedule, I'll just go through the next ten games, but they play. They play the Suns twice, so that would be, you know, pretty interesting to watch. They play Philadelphia twice. They play San Antonio. They play Orlando. They play Portland twice, and they play Indiana. So those are pretty all winnable games. You think they'd probably drop one against Phoenix, maybe drop another one sometime, one, uh, maybe one against Philly. Um, but, you know, they've shown so far that they can basically beat anybody. Um, so they're, they're set up well to really be a good five, six games ahead of, you know, two, three uh, by the time they even reach Christmas uh, against the Suns, who would probably be in second at that time. So uh, things are shaping up to be really, really interesting at the end of the year between the Suns and the Warriors. Um, do we have any any other thoughts on the Warriors before we move on to our next team? I, I feel like easy on it as far as like believing in them to make the finals. Um, I will say that from the last time we spoke about them, I like them more 
just because of the dismantling that they did to Chicago and Brooklyn. I know Chicago was missing um, Vucevic, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure obviously Brooklyn's always missing Kyrie. But aside from that, I'm pretty sure they were they had their full roster unless yeah they had their full roster. I'm pretty sure, but they destroyed both those teams, and that was like my thing at the beginning of the season when we last talked about them was that. You know, their schedule was kind of looking like the Phoenix one, the 13-game win streak for Phoenix. Mm. It was, like, not the strongest teams, but, like, you know, doesn't matter who they play, they beat them. Now for the Warriors. Yeah, so definitely going to be fun to, to see how that shapes up uh, rest of the year. Another team, I guess, we'll talk about here to wrap up our top of the, you know, class of the NBA right now, the, the Brooklyn Nets. They're 13-5, and five, sitting top of the Eastern Conference. Um no, still no Kyrie, but still figuring out ways to win. They're getting contributions from basically everybody on their roster. Uh, James Johnson, uh, Bruce Brown, when he's healthy, he's hurt right now. Um, like Patty Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge too. has been good. Patty Mills has been great. So uh, all the other guys are stepping up, which I think has been nice, even though Harden hasn't been to his level. So how do we feel about them going in? Uh, what do you What do you like and do you feel like, if they're able to add Kyrie later down the road, that they can also be legitimate contenders. I guess I'll throw it to you, Benny. Yeah, I like them. My thing with them is, and I, I think Lamarcus Aldridge should probably be starting already. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last, just because of the last few games that he's had, he's been really good for them, and he's been helping out the rebounding a lot, which has been an issue for them the last couple of years. He should be starting for them. Patty Mills is looking really good for them. He has good chemistry with a lot of the guys that are. That he runs the floor with, obviously. Bruce Brown and Kevin Durant's playing well. James Harden eventually, I guess, will catch up. But my 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 thing with them, and it goes back to the what I was telling you guys when Steve Nash said that he doesn't see the Nets yet, like in the upper echelon of teams. And I think I agree with that just because that when they do play like the at least in the Eastern Conference, when they do play the Chicago's or they play, they have played the Warriors. They don't win and they don't they don't even compete. Like again, they played the Miami Heat. They beat the Wizards early in the season, fine. But when they play teams like the Heat, when they play teams like Chicago, they've played teams like Golden State, they've lost all those games. And so that's my biggest thing yet is that we we've seen them beat the other teams, like the rest of the of the league. But when it comes to the really good teams, we haven't seen them not even just not win, but we haven't even really seen them compete mm-hmm. in those games. So I, that would probably be my one concern. They're first, right? Because they've won the games, the other games that they should be winning, whereas teams like the Heat have dropped a couple games that they should have won. So has Chicago. So that, that's why they're first. But and that's <clears throat> excuse me, and that's credit to them. But yeah, that, that would be my my one thing with them that I'm not entirely sold on them yet. But it's kind of like the East. I feel like they uh, it's kind of like the West. I feel the East is also pretty wide open right now. Yeah, and I, yeah. I feel like that Nets Warriors game that happened. I think last week beginning of last week or the week before that was pretty insightful in terms of them actually going up against you know who we just talked about is a legitimate contender and they got smoked by curry um so defense is going to be a problem for them but how do you feel easy i guess about their prospects i'm feeling good only because they're beating the teams they need to beat yeah you get what i'm saying like for the same token that they're not beating the teams that they need to be beating for the playoffs they're doing their job on most nights. Um, I'm also gonna attribute it to Harden being absolutely god awful in the beginning of the season. Like, but in his credit, I think he's figured out the free throw thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's figured out how to get the get the calls he's looking for, which is like 
another way to play basketball. You change the rules on a guy, you play a different way, and now you you get the calls. So, yeah, like, credit absolutely. to him for finding a way to adjust before playoffs and not just before playoffs, but pretty soon into the season with the new rules. I'm just looking at his attempts in these games in the last few, um, starting with New Orleans as of, I want to say, two weeks ago, 11 for 15 from the line. OKC, 5 for 5, but then again, whatever. Golden State, <laughs> oh, uh, 10 for 11. Cleveland, yeah. 12 for 12. Orlando, yeah. 19 for 20. Cleveland, 4 for 4. So, like, he's yeah. finding something that's working, mm-hmm. at least for him to get the free throws, which, again, that's going to lead to more wins for the Nets if he's slowing the pace of the game down to a point that actually helps the Nets because I think that they're not a fast-paced team. I think they're a, not a half-court team necessarily, but they're not going to be running and gunning with the best with the rest of these teams. Like, I, that's not their MO. They got too no. many guys that – like LaMarcus, Blake, Patty, that like mm-hmm. aren't exactly like seven second or less offense guys. Um, so am I, again, it's the same thing I've said for the last two teams, but who else am I going to believe in in these conferences, man? <laughs> these conferences, these teams, I'm not saying like every team is awful. I'm just saying every team is so evenly matched at this point that like, I can't say there's a team that I'm like, wow, man, you know what? Like that's a team we got to watch out for. I'm yeah. I'm not feeling that way. I, by anybody. I might say like, oh, yeah, wow, like Chicago's looking really good. But I'm not going to say, man, you know what? Like Chicago's really looking like that team that's going to take it all. Like I, I can't say that about any team. I really can't because yeah. every time I believe in one, they ruin it with some egg of a game. <laughs> every they time. Drop a, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think the East is like just super competitive so far. There hasn't been a lot of separation at the top, whereas in the West, you've had a little bit of that. Um you know, I mean, you still have the Bucks. We're going to talk about later. Sixers, they're at eight and nine right now. And could we see them shooting up? At least this, the Bucks. I can, we could probably, you know, we'll talk about it later. But we can see them shooting up the rankings. Uh, so you know, it, it's really competitive right now in the East. Um, usually tends to be the case for whatever reason. Um, but you know, I, I like what you said about Harden figuring out the the foul shooting. And I think part of that is also just, I think the refereeing was a little too skewed at yeah. least when it came to him specifically because there are some calls that that yeah, i'm sure some of our fans may, may may have seen on on highlights but like he was clearly getting fouled and not getting the whistle um yeah. so i think there's an adjustment that takes place kind of like an equilibrium um because he he does have the ball in his hands so much and he is seeking contact so much that he should be getting to the line probably eight to ten times a game so yeah. you know if he's doing that and you're getting these contributions from uh you know those other guys we're talking about bruce brown Marcus, Patty Mills, uh, Joe Harris, who's hurt right now, but you know he's another guy that obviously should be back. Um, and then Kevin Durant is playing at an MVP level. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to talk MVP really quickly, but KD and I, I guess Curry would be the two leading guys. Yeah. So I'll get I'll get your guys' opinion. Who do you who do you uh, not, not who do you think is going to win the award? Because it's so early, but yeah. I mean, how do you feel about those two guys? Uh, going for MVP this far in, the, in this so far this year, I think you guys both had KD in yeah. in your preseason predictions, right? So do you guys want to talk yeah. really quickly about how he's playing? He's been amazing. He's yeah. he's definitely been the the catalyst for that offense, especially with uh, with Harden not um not playing to his level as of now. He's yeah he, he's been what I guess what easy what we expected him to be. Yeah, we did we not say this was gonna happen like. What? With that, like the narratives were already shaping up for Kevin Durant to be MVP. And then on top of that, he's mm. actually playing at an MVP level, which is like, 
in addition to what we already knew coming into the season, he's playing at a level that like kind of terrifies me a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, like, honestly, he's, he's averaging twenty eight point five right now. He has a total rebound of seven point eight. Um, he's got five assists a game, so he's still facilitating. His defense has gone down since the injury, but that's it's gonna happen. Um, he still creates a an effective defensive you know presence though mm-hmm. he's shooting 41 from the three on only four threes a game which you can kind of contest that he should be shooting more of um yeah honestly personally yeah. um and then he's shooting 55 percent from the field so it's like That's insane yeah it's like how is he shooting a better field goal percentage now at this point of his career like this is the best he's been shooting in his career think about that for a second he's shooting 55 percent, and that's the best yet <laughs> so far that's insane yeah i mean as much as I want to say that Curry is going to win, like has a chance of winning MVP, his efficiency hasn't been the greatest so far this year. So like if I were, like if I had to give an award right now, I'd obviously give it to Kevin Durant in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know the Warriors are starting off great, but it's also because of that supporting cast. I saw Wiggins drop 30 recently. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like Kevin Durant is like, honestly, Kevin Durant is doing this by himself in a way. Yeah. I think, no I way, think yeah. KD may be more important right now to mm-hmm. their success than, than Curry is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would agree agree with that. Yeah. Easy, but those two are definitely going to be head to head MVP race the entire rest of the season. I don't know yeah, who's going to be who's fun. Th- who's third right now? I don't even. I guess Giannis or Jokic. No, Statistically, I, I would say Giannis. But I guess Giannis is yeah. the narrative on his side, and also his team doesn't have no. the record. No. So yeah, they're, they're he's fighting an uphill battle for sure. They're yeah, not gonna like let him the, get it this yeah. year. For sure. I'm looking at the roster. <laughs> they're going to block him out. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the teams that are in the standings right now. And, like, I can't see anybody else really getting an MVP, at no. least narrative-wise. Like, who are you going to pick? Doncic with Jimmy the Jimmy Butler. Just kidding, just kidding. But um, it's going to be a Curry versus Durant race, and it's going to be fun to yeah. watch. Absolutely, it yeah. It's It's been a while since we had, like, you know, those two guys really gunning for MVP at the same time because usually it's been, like, one or the other. Obviously, uh, KD had his injuries uh, yeah. a couple years ago. Steph had had some down seasons, so now they're both at the peak of their power. So it's it's really fun to watch. I can't wait to see how how it shapes up. Um, but yeah, so I think um, I guess that wraps up our conversation for the top of uh, the league. But now I, I I guess we'll move on to teams that um, are underperforming. Just yeah, plain plain and simple. Um, so we'll do a little exercise here with uh, the Bucks the Nuggets and the Lakers. I, I want to key in on those three teams because those are teams that definitely had title hopes coming into the year um, and have really uh, underperformed. So uh, we'll do kind of round robin. So if you were a fan of these teams, what would your level of concern be from one to five? One being you're not concerned at all. Five being cancel Thanksgiving, get everybody in the facility. We're practicing through the holidays. Um, so I, I think we'll start off with the Nuggets here. Um, Wait, you don't want to start off with the Rockets? <laughs> the Rockets? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not concerned at all because they're going to get, you know, Paolo Bacero, whatever, from, from Duke next year. I was thinking so. Chet Holgren, but um, we'll see. Or we'll Chet see. Holgren, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I think we'll start off with the Nuggets. Um, I'll throw it to you, Benny, because you had them pretty high in your rankings uh, in our preseason pod. So lots of injuries there. But what's your, what's your level of concern right now with the Nuggets? One to five. If I'm a fan, my yeah. level of concern is... I'm just looking forward to next season. Whoa. So you're a five. You're a five right now. I think the season's over. Yeah. I think I'm just like, I'm just kind of thinking yep. like, 
yeah, let's just see how we do. Um, I, I was still expected to make the playoffs. Like, we're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I'll, be, I'll be thinking more like, okay, maybe we get like kind of like a team in the first round that's kind of that kind of stumbled into the top seeds because they're going to be like a six to eight seed, I think, in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get much higher than that. So they're kind of, they're kind of thinking about matchups at this point for the playoffs, saying, oh, maybe we can sneak in a round here and there. Mm-hmm. If Jamal Murray comes back, maybe he's looking okay. Other than that, nah, I think this. I think it's especially if Michael Porter Jr. is out for the year. Like that's kind of that's kind of the that's scare a right scary now. thing, right? I yeah. mean, he has this whole back nerve issue that's going yeah. on. And also, speaking of guys who are out for the season, that came out today from Woj that Do- Dozier is going to be out, may have yeah, the season ACL. Yeah, isn't, isn't Jokic or two right now? Jokic has a wrist injury. Well, yeah. that and that's the thing too, right? I mean, with Jamal Murray still out, all these other guys that we've mentioned are are hurt. You know, Jokic is just going to keep getting this wear and tear, which is like the exact opposite of what, of what you want from uh, a guy who's seven foot and and has had injuries in the past. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely also at five for sure. Yeah, I think uh, the injuries are going to kill him. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, absolutely. And they just invested so much money in PJ. It's crazy. Like, yeah, you know, uh, they. I forgot who they let walk away because of it. I don't think it would have made a difference, but still, um, they, uh, I think you're thinking a couple seasons back. I guess maybe Jerry and Grant. Oh right, well Jer- Jeremy Grant, yeah, Jeremy Grant, yeah, who's Jer- on the, Grant, the Pistons. But yeah, you probably, you probably want Jeremy Grant on this team. But I guess you know, uh, you know, the promise of MPJ was just so enticing, but the the, the injury history was just so bad with him. And now, yeah, you know, I really hope that he can get back on the court at some that point. Really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So out of five, easy one to five. Where are you at with that? Oh, I, I am also out of five. I I am already like I, I was saying it in, yeah. in the group chat. Mm-hmm. I am. I even said it before the season even started when I didn't even know about the health concerns. This mm. team has no bench. This mm. team doesn't have guys that can sustain a season if someone gets injured. I've been saying this since the very beginning. It will, like it happened last year because they had so much momentum already and then Murray got hurt, but it was enough late in the season to get him into the playoffs, right? right. That's, that was my reasoning for why that happened. I knew mm-hmm. that if there was an injury, at some point, this team was going to be some garbage yeah like it's and, like a domino like, effect it's of course yeah look at the roster like we're talking about guys like monte morris aaron gordon mm-hmm. jamichael green facundo Campazo, will barton austin rivers Bru- owns highland <laughs> yeah. like these yeah. aren't guys who you should be playing heavy minutes to win definitely games. not definitely not like, you can't win like that even if you had Jokic on that roster Mm-hmm. The reason you'd be winning those games is because Jokic is averaging like 30 points, 15 rebounds, and eight assists. Like yeah. that's the only way you're winning regular season games with that roster, unless you're playing the Houston Rockets Pelicans. But I digress. Right. My my whole entire point about this whole rant is that this is the classic case of a team who has continuity but doesn't make the move they need to make to win a championship. Mm. There was a window. I'm not sure when it was. I'm not sure if Portland would have ever traded him, but there was a window that they could have traded Jamal Murray for a Damian Lillard. That window existed at some point, a hundred percent. And they had the tools. They had the assets to acquire a guy like him. Even if you couldn't get Dame, you could have gone a guy like that. And that was their window. In my opinion. Now you've already hit the point where you have dedicated money, not only to Jamal Murray, who's going to be coming back from a leg injury, which if he comes back the same way, great. Michael Porter Jr. and that money is going to haunt them for a very, very, very long time. And we all love Michael Porter Jr. because of what his potential of what he could have been. But if a guy has a back injury 
the way that Michael Porter did and the neck injury, even from college, you putting your chips into a guy like that when you're trying to make a title run is almost insane. It's almost insane. Yeah, the wear and tear of an 82-game season and then another 20, you know, 12 to 20 games at the postseason, like, it's it's too much for a guy who's already had so many issues. And even then, like, I'm just thinking from the perspective of if you're a title contending team, Mm. you're betting that this man is going to be the difference for the next two years. You want him there for five years, but you need him to be the guy now Mm -hmm. because Jamal Murray's not back. And you have no one else on your bench that can do anything, at least to the level of what you would hope Michael Porter Jr. can do. So you've pigeonholed yourself not only for your championship window, you've also don't know what's going to happen in the future for the next three years because you don't know about this man's injury. Because let's say he does come back next year and you try to go for another run because you have to. You've already committed the money. Who's to say this isn't going to be an issue that comes up for the next four years? Yeah. So, like, I love MPJ. I love what he brings to the table. But, like, who knows how long he might have been injured with this back anyways. You saw the way he began the season. This could have been something that's been going on literally since the first game. Like, mm-hmm. like if he's – like, the way that he played last year, something was already up from the moment he played this season. Something had yeah, to Yeah, there was a big wrong. difference. There was a big difference. Something. You don't average and 12 points a game as Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. You got to think maybe it was because of all that postseason run, and not just from last year, but the last two years, right, because it, eventually it's going to catch yeah. up with you. But uh, yeah, big concern for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely a level five concern team. Um, we'll move on to another team in the West um, who's been the news lately. And we'll talk about the LA Lakers. I guess they're always in the news. So <laughs> lately, <laughs> wouldn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense for them. But um, they're sitting nine and 10. Um, we can we really briefly talk about that, you know, that spat that happened, that whole kerfuffle, whatever you want to talk about. That was the turning point. It. What do you mean? That was the that turning, was the point, turning the point. Yeah, that's when they're going to rally around Russ and then they immediately lose to the Knicks yesterday. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> despite Russ having a triple-double. Great game. They almost came back uh, down 25. Great for my fantasy digress. team. Yeah, great for your fantasy. You're playing me this week uh, in our yeah. league, side note. <laughs> uh, but I digress. So they're sitting 9-10. Um they're getting it, it's kind of everything that I feared from a Russ and I had them, you know, obviously really high because I had them winning the, the championship because I was hoping they would figure out all these issues and it wouldn't creep up on them like it is right now. But, you know, Russ isn't playing well. LeBron doesn't look too happy. Um, obviously, he's had injury issues uh, recently. He's coming back, though. Um, but it's just Russ is, again, just proving why this deal had so many red flags to it, right? It's just empty stats, empty triple doubles. Um, you know, he he's supposed to be this guy that can carry the team and get you some regular season wins. But it's, it's now I'm thinking about it, it's almost kind of kind of ridiculous that that notion existed because when he was the guy on OKC, um, he never really got them a lot of wins. Um, he kept them competitive. He kept them on the you know in the playoff picture, but it's not like he was ever really. Uh, you know, soaring to these great heights over there either. So, yeah, he had a good a good run with the Wizards last year, but aside from that, he's never really proven it before. And you have so many egos. You know, it's almost like they have too many, too many of these great players, and they just can't figure it out. And you, you'd rather have Caruso and you know Kuzma or you know another guy that they could have traded for to fit in better with the team. So, uh, if I'm a fan of Lakers, my alarm is probably like at a four only because you know you got to think 
you know, LeBron, Coach LeBron's going to come back and fix everything <laughs> and massage everybody the way they need to be massaged and hopefully get through this run here. But, you know, they're already pretty far back from the top of the West. And if you're entering playoff pic- picture without home field um, advantage and, you know, you're going up against a Suns or a Warriors even uh, in the first round, that's going to be really tough. So I'm definitely out of four with them right now. Uh, how about you guys? What do you, What's your level of concern for the Lakers right now? Um, yeah, I'd probably be like at a four as well because just because LeBron is out and obviously that does matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, yeah, just the concerns that we had talking about them before the season started there. This is a team. The last two years before this, they were top three in defensive rating. I believe they're 20th so far this season. And when you look at their off season, they invested a lot into the offense. You say, okay, then the offense has to be, top 10 at the worst with their 20 their their 24th and offensive rating in the in the entire nba i don't know what it is i don't watch this team enough to pretend to know what it is that's wrong with this team but they're obviously not playing well together they're obviously not clicking and my concern is definitely really high for them if i'm a lakers fan yeah how about you easy what's your level of concern one to five i'd say i'm at a four I'd say yeah. I'm out of four, just like you guys. I think it's a little bit different reason for me. One, Vogel's showing an inability to do a rotation that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I've seen Rondo and Westbrook take the court together more times than any human being should in their makes lifetime. No sense. Yeah. I've I what are you doing? What what do you want to win? <laughs> do, 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 are you trying you to, to go against points? are you, you trying to like play threes? a specific team at the top like are you do you want phoenix again <laughs> already you like playing the seeds like yeah. do you want to just prove a point again because like i understand the concern about westbrook and everything like he's not playing to the best of his abilities in the slightest we can agree on that mm-hmm. but who on this roster is besides carmelo like yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a Carmelo's team. For, Carmelo you know. has increased efficiencies on this team. It's crazy. But like <laughs> AD, for example, I need AD to do more. If yeah. you have no LeBron on that court, you're the guy. You, I don't care if you have Russell Westbrook. You are only averaging 24 points a game with no LeBron on the court. The paint is yours. Who on that team is scoring in the paint? Besides he Russ, called them out. He, he, he called them out in a press conference, I think maybe last week, uh, talking about how you know, they're not a championship level team. Yada, AD yada. called them out. Or? Yeah, AD, AD yeah. called the team out. Yeah, after after a game after they lost. I agree with him, but some accountability has to go to him as well. But yeah. that's the thing, right? It's like this... he's he's saying this, but nothing changes really because they almost lose the Pistons and yeah. they fall out up losing to the Knicks. You know, like and this goes back. Where's, where's the change? To one of my oldest takes, which is. Is AD enough even to make playoffs? Mm-hmm. Going back to the Pelicans, this man had a actually pretty decent Pelican roster when he played against the Warriors in the playoffs. That was the one time. Yeah. This guy did no playoff anything before that. Or after that. And I get that the Pelicans are kind of a dumpster fire of an organization. But at the same time, there needs to be some sort of same way that Russ is criticized. How come AD cannot find a way to win when someone when lebron isn't there why what's the issue here what are what is the team not doing for you to not let you be successful and get wins what's happening i know the vogel rotations aren't helping his cause at all for me vogel has been the number one culprit of this whole situation yeah 
because he's not maximizing his roster in the slightest. On top of that, the bench isn't good either right now. Malik Monk hasn't been playing well at all. And like, I'm trying to think of this roster, even if it didn't have rust, let's say Buddy Heald was on this roster, right? Let's say the Buddy Heald trade happened instead. Are they still not losing like this? With Buddy they Heald, probably still are. Yeah, they're honestly. probably still losing they're probably a still lot are. because yeah. even if Rondo has the ball, Rondo can't shoot either, and Rondo takes three sometimes that he shouldn't shoot. And on top of that, Rondo doesn't play that much defense either. So nah, yeah, at this stage of his career, to, he's not. To me, you know. this is not a like Russ heightens the issues of this team and makes it more evident. But these issues would still be the same with Buddy Heald or with anybody else they would have gotten in free agency. Which just goes back to our original point of this entire preseason predictions, which is continuity matters. And the Lakers don't have continuity. You can't just, as much as we like it on paper, you can't just add 10 and 11 guys into a roster every year and expect things to go well. And we knew that this team would struggle in the beginning of the season. I just didn't think that they would be as horrendous to watch as they've been which which kind of goes back to my point Vogel is not doing what he needs to be doing as a head coach yeah I think for the for a defensive minded coach and a stubborn one a stubborn coach which mm-hmm. football can be and again defensive minded coach this is probably the worst roster you can give them if you don't have LeBron James playing, especially, yeah, it's it's been bad. I think they just they had Sakudimbuya, but they cut him. I think just like the other week. Did they really? Yeah, they, they cut him. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and so you kind know, of a like, point, throwing anybody out there. Yeah, and kind of just a point to Vogel. <laughs> Funny enough, in Indiana, this is kind of the same thing that happened. Yeah, teams played faster than his defense was able to cover, and that's when the Pacers showed signs. That's when Roy Hibbert became a shell of himself, and he got out of the league within two years. So Vogel has experienced this before where he just does not adjust defensively to anything and his team shows struggles because of it. And we saw it back then with Indiana and we're seeing it again with the Lakers, except this time he has Anthony Davis and he still can't find a way. And when you talk about Roy Hipper, you know, and talk about washed up things, I mean, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan have given them absolutely nothing this year. (laughs) And with LeBron out, Davis is essentially your only big that can give you anything, you know? Yeah. So it's like, if you don't about... have to, when he comes yeah, back, have to try to five. None might have to go out to five. Yeah. But get uh, Kent Bazemore at the five. I don't know. <laughs> signed in Booyah. But it, it's that crazy. Fucking like, Austin Reeves guy. Yeah. Whoever the fuck he is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's crazy. Like they have no solid bigs when yeah. Davis is not on the floor. And it's, period. it's even more insane to think that some of those pieces that they did, like they could have kept, Caruso was going to take yes. a pay cut. He would have stayed. He would have stayed. He, stayed. he, yeah. he wanted to stay. He said yeah. he wanted a pay cut mm-hmm. to stay in LA. LA did mm-hmm. not want to pay him that amount. So he went crazy. to Chicago, which is insanity when you consider that they're paying Kendrick Nunn five mil a year. They're paying, uh, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I don't have an issue with Kendrick Nunn, but if you're yep. looking for continuity and guys that know their role, Caruso mm-hmm. is the definition of knowing his role. And like, would you rather have Malik Monk or Alex Caruso? Right. So like you know I mean? you're paying Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn yeah. for Alex Caruso. I would yeah. want Alex Caruso on that roster because mm-hmm. I don't want yeah. guys who think that their only job is to shoot. Yeah. Caruso does everything on the court at a certain level that you can expect every game. So yeah. it's even more insane to think that this team thought that they could bring 10, 11 guys in and not bring back a guy who was so important to them the time that they did win a ring. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. 
Like the, the guy that they chose instead of Caruso to bring back from that championship roster was Dwight Howard. And like, I'll love to Dwight Howard, but like between Dwight Howard and Alex Caruso, I'm taking Alex Caruso. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. So, it, so it, is, yeah. it is what it is with the Lakers, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a very concern. Maybe, maybe up to a 4.5 for me now. Uh, yeah. He does lead the Lakers in three point percentage at 71%. Dwight Howard. <laughs> For seven yeah, for yeah. oh yeah, that's right. He had that three the other yeah. day. He he hit a three, and I think the big on the other team hit a three right 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 after. Uh, yeah, if that cancer. doesn't tell you. Yeah, can't, there we go, cancer. Yeah. If that doesn't tell you yeah. that the <laughs> siren should be blaring, like Howard is taking threes in a game. The most efficient three point shooter on the team. <laughs> that should that should have been like DefCon five. Like that, like that just, that, everything should have just been gone at that point. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard takes a three. You should just be leaving the gym at that point. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. reason to be showing up to a basketball court at that point. Yeah, but, it's, it's pretty much a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so definitely high-level concern for them. We'll, we'll go on to our last team that we want to mention in this group, yeah. and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they're 10-8. and eight. They're sitting at 8th in the East. They climbed up from, uh, I think they were like 10 or 11 at one point. Uh, they off to a really bad start. Um, yeah. But they're 10-8. and eight. They're getting healthier. Uh, so, you know, that being said, what's your guys' level of concern uh, for them? I'll, I'll kick it to you, Benny. How do you, how do you feel about the Bucks right now? Yeah, little concerned for sure. At least they're missing Brook Lopez, so I wouldn't go up to a five. I'd probably be at like a three. Okay, maybe for them because uh, Bobby Portis missed time, so he's gonna have to. You know, I'm sure it'll take him a little bit longer than it has to probably catch up. Um. I don't know if if teams have figured them out a little bit. Like their their offensive numbers are are down as well from what they were last year, and so are their um so are their defensive numbers. Obviously, Brooke Lopez has something to do with that, but they're kind of middle of the pack in just about everything that you want to look at. I would be a little concerned because Budenholzer does have the history, like we were talking about Frank Vogel, of not um of not adjusting to situations like that, to problems like that. So I would I would be a three, maybe just because of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the injury kind of slowed things down. Vogel, uh, not Vogel, sorry, Boonholzer <laughs> uh, probably had to plug and play people that he didn't really want to be in there. Like, he had originally yeah. playing minutes at one point. That's not what you want. <laughs> um, so, I'm definitely, I'm more of a two. I feel, like, pretty good about this team. Uh, just because even though they got off to a slow start, I really like what Portis was giving them. Um, and still is able to do so. I mean, Middleton was out. He's coming back. Portis played really well in, in his absence. Um, you know, I don't know. What's what's Brooks' injury right now? Is it like a maintenance thing? Know. not really sure what, what he's doing. I don't even know with. either, yeah. Um, but I, I got to think that once he gets back, uh, see, it looks like it's, it looks like it's a back uh, injury that he has. That, But okay. he's already returning on a court, and he's – has a target date in mind according to Shams. So it looks like he's he's coming back at some point before the end of this year. Um and Grayson Allen has been a good addition. Um, you know, I, I like the role players. I don't think they're really, you know, playing at the level they need to be to beat, you know, the Nets, but I, I can see them getting back up there. So I'm out of two right now. How how about you? I'm at a zero level of concern. Okay. I'm at zero. Because next week they could be the number one seed. They're three games back. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a lot of that's teams. That's the East. That's just the yeah. East. <laughs> right. that, that's, my, that's my entire point, right? Right. So they're yeah. three back in the East, which means nobody's yeah. going to get ahead, which means there's only three games okay. back. And mm-hmm. their schedule coming up is laughable at best. 
It's um, let me just get this correct. It's Detroit. It's Denver. It's Indiana. Detroit, Denver, Indiana. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's their next yeah. three games. Yeah, they could win all those. They yeah, they should win all those. Maybe Indiana, not maybe because they're getting back together. The Bucks have won four straight in a row. Drew Holiday came back. Since Drew Holiday came back, they are seven and three to my knowledge. So they're clearly on the right track. Mm-hmm. Brook Lopez has been out again. They're still figuring out rotations because they added a couple new guys. Great. And the teams ahead of them, I don't think are better than the Bucks. <laughs> I, I, it, this is more about the East not being as good as I think they are. Um, Boston, do I think they're actually better than the Bucks? I don't think any of us do, right? No, definitely not. No. No. Right. New York, do we really believe that New York is going to be ahead of Milwaukee? No, no. They have the same record right now. So, Charlotte, like do we really believe that and eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Charlotte, do we really believe that Charlotte can sustain success for a long season? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. So, we agree there. Washington Wizards, we love their story. Do we really believe that this team could be ahead of the Bucks? Fuck the Wizards. There you go. <laughs> Fuck the Mayweathers. No. So, <laughs> Wizards are a no. So we have Brooklyn, Miami, and Chicago ahead of Milwaukee, which are reasonably ahead of them if we wanted to start playoffs. And we were like, oh, who do we think could be ahead of Milwaukee? Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a four seed in my mind right now. That's not concerning, though? That's not concerning at all. Because it, to me, the way I'm perceiving this is that when you shrink these rosters into playoff mode and I yeah. see the best eight guys in Milwaukee, I think that they can beat the Bulls who don't even have six guys total they have five so yeah, yeah pretty much this Miami yeah. as much as I love Miami start they drop eggs every other game like they'll just drop an egg and yeah they've be been like, very you know consistent yeah and again I think the Heat are great I think they're a finals team but in the playoffs that's a completely different story when it starts so yeah. just the same way I can see the Heat making the finals I can see the Bucks making the finals too because they're three games back again next week we might see the Heat at four, and we might see the Bucks at two. Yeah, we may see the Wizards. It can change really quickly. Yeah. It can change and really, really coming back with Philly. Why yeah. would I think that Philly would be below the Knicks when Embiid mm-hmm. comes back? Mm-hmm. So, like, my concern with the Bucks is zero because they're showing they're winning now. The losses that they took earlier in the season were three in a row, and those were from October 27th to October 31st. It's about to be a month since that. Yeah, and those are three of their eight losses. Yeah, they've been a lot better, and the health is, is going to be something that you know they're going to benefit from with all these players coming back. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about it either. I definitely hear your point. The East is looking topsy turvy with the Wizards and the Hornets sitting there. It, it just doesn't look right. <laughs> they shouldn't be there. So yeah, I think I think it'll sort itself out. Um, so I guess from there, it's, you know, we're, it's the day before Thanksgiving when we're recording this. Uh, hopefully you'll be hearing this uh, before Thanksgiving while you're preparing your turkey or doing your last minute runs or whatever. Um, so we want to do a fun segment, which would be NBA players that you wouldn't want to be sitting at your dinner table with during Thanksgiving. Uh, so we each pick, uh, you know, one or two guys, however many you got, guys. Um, so I'll kick it off. Uh, I can really only think of one dude. Um, and it's definitely unequivocally Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> I would not want to be <laughs> at the dinner table with all of our family and Isaiah Stewart is there. It just, it just doesn't sound pleasant. I mean, you ask him for like, you ask him to pass the gravy and he pops off at you for no reason. 
and then spends the rest of the dinner chasing you around the dinner table. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like, relax, my guy. You 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 play Thanksgiving <laughs> football with him, and he's probably elbowing you in the face, you know, for no reason. So, uh, you know, uh, I think Isaiah Stewart's probably my number one choice for, for that. <laughs> if he's on your, what what if he's like what if he's on your side though? That's it's just unpleasant, guy. but it's just unpleasant. You're know, you gonna take that chance. To have a good time. That's fine. I don't care if he's on my That's team. He's on the other team. Like I'm just here to like eat. And like chill and like watch, watch the watch Lions Bears, baby. Yeah, watch Lions Bears, <laughs> fucking prime time. <laughs> and then whoever else is playing, Dallas, I don't know. Fuck else. I think Dallas, Dallas is playing, whatever. Um, but you know, the point is, this guy's gonna get heated and just ruin the whole thing. <laughs> and you know, he's gonna end up punching your grandma in the face. And it's just not, oh you god, know, this is not what you want. So, you, you know, your grandma's gonna go and like pinch, pinch his cheeks or whatever, and he's gonna get fucking heated, just start sw- swinging. You're gonna have to have your family like holding him back. So, He's my normal swing choice. Elbows. <laughs> swing an elbow, swing those bows out. Uh, so, Betty, what about you? What do you got? Okay, for my two guys, when I'm at the dinner table, I'm thinking about this from my actual perspective. When I'm at the dinner table with my family, especially on Thanksgiving, the last thing I want to hear them talk about, the thing that makes me cringe the most, that you can already feel the tension start to rise from the moment one of them opens their mouths, it's politics. And if there's two guys I don't want sitting at the dinner table because I know they're going to talk about it, it's LeBron James and Enos Cantor. Because Ooh. I don't want Enos Cantor calling <laughs> LeBron James a communist. And I don't want LeBron James calling Enos Cantor a terrorist. <laughs> when, when we have like two hours left to go for dinner. So. <laughs> Lord, that combo in the dinner table. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, I don't have the biggest dinner table either. So I'm yeah. going with those two guys. <laughs> They would say occupy like half the space at the yeah. dinner table. Oh yeah, I definitely God. wouldn't want to be part of that dinner, but I would definitely pay per view to watch that dinner <laughs> on my television while I'm eating. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So what about you? See, wrap us up here. Who do you got? So I kind of, I kind of forgot we were going with people who who we don't want there. I kind of went mm-hmm. with people who I would want there. Oh, okay, sure, go for it. I don't. Maybe I. Um, yeah. No, JJ Reddick <laughs> just. JJ Reddick is just a pleasant human being. Oh, has his yeah, own podcast. Absolutely. Just Old seems like a great me. conversationalist. Mm-hmm. Seems like a guy who can actually diffuse the situation in some of your dinners. So, um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, JJ Reddick yeah. is on my list. Um, I like that. And then the second one, I want Kyle Kuzma there just to roast him. Just to roast him. <laughs> just to look at because he's, he's so pretty. <laughs> just for the sweater he wore yesterday. That was like, you know what? I can't oh, even my imagine God. what he's wearing. Have you guys seen the meme? The one of that forever. keeps growing. It just keeps growing. Yeah. The sweater gets bigger and bigger. They send the SWAT team on him, which can't guys. stop him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So Kyle Kuzma, just to roast whatever yeah. he's wearing, just mm. seems like the right pick here. Mm. Um, and then there's two teams I would never want to invite to my Thanksgiving dinner. Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, still unwatchable. <laughs> I will never watch them on League Pass ever again. That's it. Let alone the whole vibe down. Table. Yeah, for real. Oh, my God. Might might have to throw the magic in there too. Throw the Pelicans <laughs> in there too, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, without Zion. Yeah, because Zion would eat all the food. Oh shit! Want. Yeah. Chill, would chill. you rather have them with or without Zion? I would want Zion there though. He seems like a nice guy. He does seem like a nice guy. You just have to feed him a lot, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always extra. Yeah, there's always extra. So. All right. So I think that wraps it up for us here at Three Dudes One Hoop. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to everybody listening. Thankful for my dudes. Uh, thankful to have this podcast, and thankful for the NBA because it's really good this year. It's very good. Um, so, I guess that does it for us. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next time. See you.